Welcome to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas to me so you can keep more of what you make. Now, that is my promise to you. But there are times that you feel, I don't deliver on that promise. That the information I've given is incomplete, misleading, inaccurate, or just plain dumb. And that's why we have Clark Stinks. It's where you can go on Clark.com and post where you feel, I have failed you. I have failed to deliver in whatever way. And so you post away. Others read your posts. Others can comment on your posts. And then once a week, producer Krista goes through your posts on Clark Stinks and shares her favorites with you right here on the air. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Before you get started, Krista, Mm -hmm. I think since you and I have worked together since 1997, Mm -hmm. that you should have one entire Clark Stinks where you can unload with all the things I've done over the years that you think absolutely stink. I couldn't. It would only ha- it would only be like one second long. Liar, I'd liar. Say none. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. No, and I'm sure I've never driven you crazy or you thought I stunk about something. Only the way you spend money sometimes. Mm. Okay. <laughs> So I'm going into some of the archives here. These are some I didn't get to. So if you were upset I didn't read your post one week, you may hear it now. Uh, Clark, I worked in the car service industry for 10 years prior to my almost 30 with the post office. This is in regards to the Mercedes repair shop charging more hours and testing test driving for ice cream, according to the dash cam. Keep in mind, it's been 30 years and I'm not defending the Mercedes dealer. All of the auto shops I know of use a flat rate manual to quote labor charges. Without such ma- such a manual, there'd be no way to give price quotes. Can you imagine calling to get an estimate on a front brake job? Well, sir, tonight is our brake man's birthday party and he has a tendency to get crazy. So normally it runs about 150 but if he has a hangover and is slow moving, it could be as much as $600. Now, most of the time, the manuals are very liberal in their estimated repair times, and any experienced technician can complete a job well within the time allowed. And we wouldn't, and we won't even take a guess on the Mercedes dealer's hourly labor rate, estimated $150 per hour, maybe. This might explain why the dash cam didn't show actual work time equaling the amount of hours charged. As far as driving for ice cream, sometimes a repair requires more driving than just driving from the garage to the parking lot. In my day, I've driven customers cars to lunch or even home overnight to make sure there were no problems but i've never eaten in a customer's car and have only driven the car from work to home and back again no joy riding and no one else with me this is where the auto shop was wrong being a high-end dealership maybe more respect needs to be given again i'm not defending said dealer but sometimes there's more to a story thanks bird fan counting the days to postal retirement so i can return to the auto service industry well, thank you, Birdman, and yes, Bird fan, Bird fan, Bird sorry. fan. Oh, sorry, it's okay. And you are well. I like the new nickname, Birdman. Anyway, Bird sure. fan. Okay. All right. So you are completely right, and a lot of shops have a legal notice posted where you take your vehicle in for service, saying that they charge for a job based on one of the industry manuals. 
and it'll say that. The, uh, the big story with this Mercedes was about the fact that, uh, that they were joyriding in the customer's car and going to have ice cream in the car. And then the dealership stonewalled about that, even after it became a media story. So uh, I appreciate, because you gave people very useful information about how the price for a job and the hourly rate both relate. Clark, and have fun oh. with cars again once you retire from the Postal Service. <laughs> Clark, it smells like a dirty, trash, fake Visa, fake MasterCard around here. A caller told you about using a cre- credit card points to get gift cards. You quickly shut this person down, when in reality, you can often get more money back in gift cards than cash. For example, I may get 2% cash back with my card and $20 cash, or I could choose to get a gift card to a restaurant, Chipotle for me, and get $25 back instead. I know I'm going to use this gift card right away, so there's very little risk associated, and now I have more value. Ryan in Chicago. Ryan, you were 100% right, and I didn't do the job I should have answering that question. Gold and silver ETF stink. Clark, you stink because you're not connecting the dots on a very basic issue. Every time someone calls to ask you about buying physical gold and or silver, you summarily dismiss the idea of buying the physical metal and tell people they should buy the ETF instead. At the same time, you yourself have spoken several times on your show about unsustainability, the unsustainability of our current national debt and deficits. Clark, the reason that you get so many calls asking you about buying physical gold and silver is because people can sense what you're already talking about. Gold and silver have been used as money since the beginning of human civilization, and the appeal is scarcity. The government, any government, cannot print up gold and silver the way they can print up more fiat currency. You are correct that gold and silver are not investments, but rather a hedge against a meltdown in the economy. However, buying the ETF instead of the physical metal defeats the entire purpose of the hedge. The ETF is just a piece of paper which states that some amount of gold or silver has been put in a vault somewhere in your name. Don't you realize that if the economy were to melt down to the point where you would truly need your gold or silver, the people in charge of that ETF would simply load up all the gold into their private jets and abscond to some country that doesn't have an extradition <laughs> treaty within the United with the United States? And that is assuming that they ever even bothered to buy the gold they said they bought in the first place. So when I think about the world and I think about things that can go wrong, they're based on not having a complete breakdown in normal society and social order. I think about even when we've had horrific wars in the past that societies do recover. And I I have a hard time extrapolating to a situation where what you're talking about, where there would be complete disorder, chaos, and basically the end of civilized society. If we hit a point of complete lack of civilized society, I got a lot bigger worries than I would with just who's going to end up with my gold or silver. So it's just I have a hard time going to that place. And if the world goes completely into a dark hole, you will be right. And I will be wrong. Not 
not about whether they really do have the gold secured or the silver secured or they actually bought what they said they were going to buy. I'm not worried about that with the ETFs. But the the idea of the complete disintegration of society, that's where the consequences are so multi-layered that having gold or silver is beyond something that I really am going to worry about. Dear Clark, I'm a huge fan and listen to you almost every night on the way home and have gained so much knowledge. However, I am disappointed in your advice a month or two ago to a young man seeking to attend a language immersion program. Definitely, there are some which charge too much or are not the best deal. However, one simply cannot learn the same via an online program like Duolingo or tutoring as an immersion, as an immersion where a person is forced to think and work in the learning language. Numerous studies with schools show that for the, that age group, immersion programs for both ESL children and English speakers wanting to learn another language in the elementary age group do better, and many people find that they learn quicker as adults in that setting. Yes, he should save money to go, maybe work while they're while there if he can, and find the best quality program for the money, and perhaps even try as much as possible to immerse himself in a community in the U.S. that speaks that language. But nothing compares to immersion. It is how we learn as babies and the best way to learn at any age. These other tools can help as an aid, but are not the same. Thank you for your time. I very much appreciate that post because it is, uh, it is a mystery how some people pick up a language one way and other people another. So it really does depend on the individual how well you're going to adapt. There are people who can take immersion class after immersion class that still can't learn a language and others that can really adapt even using one of the language apps. I thought Clark's advice to purchase a Chromebook and use it only for banking websites was a great idea. And I recall him also saying that it didn't matter if you purchased a Chromebook that was refurbished, it would still work for the same purpose. Well, I bought a refurbished Chromebook only to quickly discover that it had a virus, which was apparent when I tried to go to my banking website. That was the only site that I attempted to reach, only to be immediately redirected to a phishing site. I tried several times to no avail. Further, I tried wiping the hard drive. It made no difference. So when it comes to electronics, never buy refurbished, even if it's a Chromebook. Buy new, especially when it comes to electronic banking and the internet. Still enjoy the show and the good ideas. Always a fan. Ned in South Carolina. Ned, I am stunned because I'm not aware about how that Chromebook could be infected with a virus. You know, Google does the updates for Chrome continually, and a Chromebook is designed to be extremely resistant from the ground up to ever having viruses. So I'm going to have to ask somebody a lot smarter than I am if I need to stop giving the recommendation of buying a reconditioned or refurbed Chromebook. Clark recently stated that he is obsessed with having multiple carbon monoxide detectors in his home, but missed the opportunity to encourage listeners who stay in vacation rentals to travel with one. Never rely on the rental to have a working detector. That is a brilliant idea. I love that. Okay, I got to see if I can slap one of those in my carry-on bag. That's a great idea. You know, this is a perfect example about why we do Clark Stinks. 
I'm just one person. And we all learn from each other. And I learn from you. And so I'm really, really grateful. If you wonder, does it matter when you take the time to post, when you feel like I'm coming up short, giving bad advice, it really does pay. It really does help. And I'm grateful to you for it. Wayne is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Wayne. Hi, Clark. Thanks for your service, and thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. So the stagecoach may be staging a robbery on you. You're worried. (laughs) Well, that is my fear. My 401k plan established to my employer is managed by the stagecoach. You were talking about them and their recent nefarious activity on one of your past shows, and it's got me kind of nervous. So my question is, what is the best way to express my concern to my employer, and what action should I take to protect my investments? Well, let's go back two steps. Does your employer offer a match on the 401k plan that's administered by Wells Fargo? Yes. And how generous is that match? How does it work? Yeah, I believe it's up to 6%. And so they match dollar for dollar, 50 cents to a dollar or whatever? Correct. So you would want to put in to the 401k plan, even if it's rotten, terrible, up to the match. Okay. And then if the plan turns out to be rotten, terrible, and I'm going to tell you how to find out, and then uh, we'll talk about strategy with your employer, but, um, beyond that, you can do your own Roth IRA and do it with okay. any of the low-cost providers and put in up to $5,500 a year into that. What percent of your pay are you putting in right now? I'm currently doing the 6%. Oh, so if you're only doing 6%, you're doing what you should be doing in that plan just to pick up the free money. Right. Now, Wells Fargo is required under newer regulations that if you ask, they have to tell you what you're paying all in for all expenses in the 401k. Okay. Okay. And so I would find out if you really do have a beef that you should go to your employer with. And you want the expenses all in, you'll know you've got a really good plan if the expenses are less than one half of 1% of the money. Okay. If the expenses are beyond 0.75%, then the plan is getting from being good to mediocre and above 0.75, it's moving towards rotten territory. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you recommend just putting in what I need to to get the employee the employer match and put in investing the rest rest into a Roth IRA. Right, and it, but if the plan turns out to be below half a percent, even though it's a Wells Fargo plan, you can feel okay putting in more than that six percent of your pay. Okay. All right. Now, in terms of making a fuss with your employer, how big a company do you work for? 500 plus. So a smaller plan tends to have higher costs, and so you may be even be above 1% with them. Okay. And so it's not that your employer is doing something that they shouldn't be doing necessarily unless the plan has just crazy high expenses which would be anything well above 1%. Gotcha. Okay. And then whoever would be right for you to talk to, uh, you know, just in a conversational kind of way, 
say, you know, I'm really worried about our 401k being with Wells Fargo because we're paying a lot more than typical, if you find that is the case. Mm-hmm. But if you just okay. want to take care of yourself, put in the 6% and then do the rest on your own with a low-cost company. And, you know, Wells Fargo has a special spotlight on it for some abusive practices that have gone on. But with any 401k at a smaller company, regardless of who's administering it, you need to know what you're paying. And if the expenses are too high, you need to dial back only to the employer match. If there is no employer match, don't participate and do your own Roth IRA. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. The home market is going through a radical transformation in how you handle moving from one place to another, moving from one home to another, getting rid of a home and choosing to go rent, whatever it is, the market started changing last decade and then the changes basically went into suspended animation with the real estate bust following the banking scandals and now is back with more innovation than ever if you want to use a traditional real estate agent to sell your home even what that means is changing as more and more traditional real estate agents are offering a variety of choices from a flat commission on selling your home to piecework where you pay an agent maybe a smaller commission in return for you doing a lot of the other work that an agent does for you and there are even extremely no frills agencies where you pay as little as one percent to the listing agent And you handle everything in terms of marketing, showing, everything about getting the deal done. But what if you don't even want to do anything at all other than move? Well, I've told you how there are now popping up in cities all over the country, except really the Northeast at this point where you can go to a company that will use an algorithm to figure out what they feel your house is worth and then make you an offer for an immediate purchase of your home. And so you don't market to anybody. You just put it up for a quote, and they give you a price. If you like the price, you're done. Now, one of the early players in that open door who is expanding this year to, I think it's somewhere around 20, 20 or so major markets, they are offering something that I guess they patterned after car dealers. They're offering a trade-in program. There's a home you want to buy, but you need to sell your home before you can buy it. They're offering you the ability to sell your home to them, to open door, but you don't have to move till you're ready to move to the new home within reason. And then you know you've got a sale. The question always, is the price you're offered by Open Door or any of these other alternatives, 
is the price reasonable? And you've just got to know local conditions in your market because you pay these companies a fee that's kind of like a commission to a traditional real estate agent. Plus, depending on which service, they may say, okay, we're going to deduct this much for repairs we feel your house needs and you can get out. Or they can tell you you need to do various repairs and you can do them yourself. But most people would just say, okay, I'll take the hit on what you're telling me the repairs are going to cost to my roof or to my yard or whatever it is. And you get out right away or in weeks or potentially in the case of doing a trade-in, you get out in months. I cannot tell you whether or not you are going to be better off doing one of these programs or a traditional real estate listing. But I can tell you there are people who can't deal with the twilight zone of the whole marketing process and selling of a home. And there are people who need the certainty that the house is getting sold. So this is an increasingly viable alternative for you And with the algorithms, you put in your address, and if you fit their formula, they will give you an estimated price right away, and they will do an assessment of your home, make sure everything's A-OK, and then you're done until Wall Street runs out of money, funneling money to these new ways of you getting out of a home that you're in. Terry is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Terry. Hi, Clark. How are you today? Great. Thank you, Terry. How can I serve you? Well, first, I want to thank you and your team for all the great advice and information you give us. And the best part, the price is right. <laughs> so we've been getting your $50 a week, just like we're supposed to, right? Uh, yeah, I'll send the check tonight. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so... So, Clark, I wanted to ask you about a robo-advisor. It's a third-party company that has a service that will do rebalancing as well as uh, working like a target retirement fund. And it works almost exclusively with 401Ks, 403Bs, and that kind of thing. It's got a fee of $10 a month, which certainly seems reasonable. When I started going through a free trial sign-up, I got to the point where I need to put in my 401K credentials and I got a little nervous, so I just wanted to ask you if you've heard anything about these. Or yeah, yeah, and, and I've actually talked about Bloom before, and I need to explain the spelling, because it's really weird, isn't it? Yeah, there's three O's. So, and there's also another company with a similar web address that has the normal two O's. So you got to type B-L-O-O-O-M dot com. And what they do is they'll do a a checkup on your 401k for free and tell you, you know, your allocation's great or your allocation's too conservative or whatever, and they'll recommend an allocation for you, and they'll do that free. And that's the teaser to try to get you into their system where they charge you 120 bucks a year, $10 a month, to... Uh, check out repeatedly your 401k that your employer offers and suggest allocations to you over time. 
So yeah. there, there's and no also- there's no danger I know of in whether or not you use them and give them access to your 401k. Because they're going to have to look at it dynamically to see if the allocation needs to be changed. And the truth is, people usually don't devote enough thinking power or enough time to what their 401k is invested in. The great part about it for me is, is just that. It's the rebalancing, and it's also uh, changing the allocations, because i got about 10 years before I retire. And, and, and the thing about the reallocation is in a, inside a 401k, just as inside an IRA or a Roth, there's no tax problem from doing reallocations, rebalancing. So uh, the only thing I'll tell you is NerdWallet did a review of this, and said they tried uh, different people's 401k, you know, had different people try their 401k, and their feeling was, uh, especially for people close to retirement, that the recommendations from Bloom were too aggressive. Okay. And they were too heavily tilted towards stocks. And that's not my opinion. I don't know if it's accurate or not, but that's what I remember NerdWallet saying in their analysis of it. So you don't have much to lose if you do the free check and with being 10 years out from retirement, if they make recommendations to you that are 100% stock type choices in your 401k, that would answer that question for you that it's too aggressive. Yeah, and and reading through their intro there, they do allow you some uh, room to move the slide one way or another if you feel they're too aggressive or too conservative with the choices. So I, I think this is... This is fine. I mean, I think that most people really do need some kind of checkup, which is why I like the robo-advisors that have become so prominent, because a lot of us, either because we're busy or because this stuff just is like hieroglyphics to us, having a, a robo look at what you're doing and make suggestions or make changes for you, I think is very valid. All right. Well, thank you very much, Clark. I appreciate it. You sure. Have a day. And let me know if you do sign up for this and use it, if you don't mind in a few months calling back and sharing your impressions about this one specifically, about Bloom specifically. That would be wonderful. Sure thing. Thanks. Have a great day. Ty is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Ty. Hey, Clark. How are you, man? Great. Thank you. So you are part of a young couple and you're trying to figure some things out so let's see if i can be of service all right well first off thanks for everything you guys do and your team but some background so my wife is six years older than i am she's 31 and i'm 25 we're both full-time pastors and so there's some interesting things there with just retirement and so we have some student debt um and like a small car note i mean so we're trying to figure out do we hammer out debt first or do we um, you know, start investing money. My wife gets like a 3% match, and so she does that, but that's about all we do currently. So this is a tough one, and there is no right answer to this. The two of you have been called to serve people in a, in a profession that doesn't pay a lot, but you're doing what your heart and your faith has drawn you to. And so there's sacrifices with that. And so not making a lot of money 
and having the benefit of being young that money put aside for retirement can do so much for you but the challenge of carrying student loan debt it is something that doesn't have like a clear clear answer so can i ask you some questions about each of your student loan debts how much do each of you have so my wife has none which is awesome and so then i have approximately like 48,000 bucks in student loans 48,000 yeah why did she marry you what was she thinking I don't know. It must have been the beard or something. Man, that's <laughs> that's an unbalanced situation. Yeah, a little bit. So, so you're 48. What kind of interest rate does it carry? Well, there's a bunch of them. So I still haven't like consolidated them all. So there's some that are super high, like nine percent, and some are like six and a half or something. So there, there's like 15 of them technically because I never consolidated them yet. And and are they all private student loans or are they? Under the federal... It's a mixture of both. Okay. So let's first, before we get to where your dollars should go overall, let's deal with these 15 student loans. You need to chart them out, and on one ledger, one side of the ledger, put the federal. On the other side, put the private. The federal student loans are a much lower priority for you to get paid off than the private even if some of the federal loans carry a higher interest rate than some of the private the private loans are the priority and the reason is that under the law you have any of a variety of options about how you pay federal student loans and those options do not exist for private so you would never want to consolidate your federal and your private together Interesting. Okay. With the private, if you income qualified for doing a refi into a lower rate for those, you would want to do so. Okay. The biggest player in that market is something called social finance, SoFi. Yeah, yeah. And have they made any offers to you or solicited you? Um, yeah, we've, had, we've reached out to them a couple of times or something, but our credit's been frozen, so we didn't do anything until we were going to do it. We knew everything talking people like you. So. All right, so once you chart out these, thaw your credit temporarily, run an application through SoFi, and see if there is an opportunity for you with those private loans to do a refi. Okay. You also have an option that I like with private student loans, particularly since you have some at significantly high interest rates. You may, not a will, you may have a chance that doing a loan offering on Prosper Lending Club could get you a lower rate than what you have right now on the private student loans. Okay. If there is no move on, turns out there's no move to refi those at all, here's what I would suggest. On your federal loans, pay minimums only. Okay. And on the private loans, whichever one has the highest interest rate Set the goal of paying as much extra money at it each month as you can. Until you get to uh, much lower interest rates outstanding, you should not worry about saving for the future or retirement. You should only worry about devoting money to the student loans. But then I assume you still keep putting the 3% that's matched. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Without doubt, anything that has a match 
you want to pick up that money because that's such a great instant return on your money. But every ever other effort about the forty-eight grand needs to be about extinguishing high interest rate debt, and then you will be in a habit of taking money and putting it towards that. When you get it to a point that it's paid off, that's when you really go fully in on saving for retirement. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at clark.com. And producer Joel asks it for you. Clark, I'm asking this one for Joanne. She says, my daughter will be going on a cruise in July. I will also be going on a cruise then, but on a different cruise ship. Is it possible for us to communicate with without it costing an arm and a leg? Now, wait, I need to know. Being on two separate cruise ships at the same time, is that how you get along the best? <laughs> it must be, right? Yeah. So the way to communicate ship to ship is incredibly easy now. With the ships, so many of them having decent and somewhat affordable Wi-Fi. So if you download WhatsApp, Line, L-A-N-E, or Viber, each of you, or download all three, if one of them's not behaving well, you can go to another one, you're able to message, and depending on the bandwidth of the Wi-Fi available on a ship, you're able to do phone calls not very effective video calls, but the texting works nearly flawlessly ship to ship. And that way you're very easily able to stay in touch with each other. All right, and Star wrote in, how do we document the contents of our home? We've lived here for 30 years and I'm not sure where to start. You walk and talk. You take your smartphone and you video it. And if you don't have Google Photos on your phone yet, download it first and automatically store that video in Google Photos so it's in the cloud. And take as much time as you need walking all around your house saying what you got in each room, when you bought it, what you think you paid for it. And that video record is immensely valuable in the event something happens in your home that would cause a claim. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast of our show, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're pretty much there. And whether you love what you hear from me or hate it, take time to write a review. It's how we all learn from each other is from those reviews. 